We are talking Dynasty Rookie Rankings. How does Matt Williamson rank the rookies in 2022? Part two of Matt Williamson's Dynasty Rankings. Go back to Friday's show if you want to hear the top 10. We're going to start at 11, go down. Matt's got them ranked all the way through 40. I don't know if we'll get there with every single one, but we're going to get to a lot of Matt's deep dive Dynasty Rookie Rankings for 2022. Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you here again at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Checking back in on part two of Matt Williamson's Dynasty Rookie Rankings for 2022. How does he see him? Uh, in the uh, not only as rookies in the NFL season in 2022, but uh, this is a dynasty podcast today where we're talking about <laughs> long term rookies, not just how they're going to look in year one with their respective teams, but jumping out of the gates year one is, is pretty important, too, right, Matt? Absolutely. You know, I, I think it's just a fun way of looking at the league and through a different lens here as well. Um, peeling back the curtain of how I'm building this particular team, I think, is just kind of a fun diversion here in late may you know i mean there's not a ton going on at the time in the league right now you're seeing a lot of lists come out trust me during my espn days if i was at espn right now i'd be pumping out lists left and right you know i mean that's that's what sells this time of year and everyone will always fight you when you see a good list you know how could you have him 17 when i think he's 14 you know i'm (laughs) working on power ranks as well so similar you know those type of things to talk about you know kind of Take a step back and look at the league. Yep, I did have a list in my inbox from Matt Williamson today, actually, talking about <laughs> power rankings. So we'll get into the power rankings in the NFL, AFC and NFC, uh, how those teams rank out uh, post-draft now, looking ahead to the 2022 season. So we talked about it a little bit Friday when we started looking at the top 10 players in the rankings. And spoiler alert, I will reveal those top 10 in just a moment here. So I'll give you a little bit of time if you want to listen to Friday's podcast first. Here are the, the top 10 before we get into number 11 through, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 hours before we go here. Matt's got them ranked out into the 50s just about for uh, rookie dynasty prospects. But you had talked about your current dynasty draft that you were going through with your league, and it hadn't started yet as of Friday. You've gone through the weekend. I assume you've gone through at least round one in that draft, and you had the sixth pick in the first round. We talked about a lot of scenarios Friday. How did that pick end up turning out for you, and what did you think of the results? Yeah, so a, a couple things I was looking to accomplish when we recorded on Friday, and it wasn't like I have to get this done, I'm going to do it at all costs, was I, I, I'm a little worried about Antonio Gibson. And I know Washington's saying all the right things, but I think he might be a wide receiver at heart. And, you know, he misses some holes. I don't know that he's equipped to handle 300 touches at this level. And they drafted... Robinson out of Alabama, who we'll talk about in the rookie ranks, I thought that was a bit of an indictment on Gibson. And you can look at it a lot of ways. So I thought this might be a good time to move on from him. So I've been shopping him a little bit, and I did get something done with Gibson. And a guy that I've been targeting, you know, and again, if you didn't listen Friday, this team, I'm trying to do what you kind of coach people not to do. I'm trying to play the fence between winning now and building for the future, which is hard to pull off. But I thought a really underrated dynasty asset and somebody I'm probably going to own in a lot of fantasy leagues this year and redraft is Aaron Jones. I just think that he's going to be the focal point of the offense now with, with Adams gone. So what I did was I traded one six and this was 
the draft had started, but I didn't know what was going to be there at one six. So it wasn't like I had a player I knew I was going to get. If you remember on Friday, Traylon Burks was my sixth player. And the other draft I did this year, I picked six and I ended up with Burks. And I was a little worried, like, I really don't want Burks in both leagues. He's okay, but I, I kind of want to get out of six. So I was able to trade six for Jones and I got a future third. So I was very happy with that. I, I probably would have done six straight up for Jones. However, and you don't have this advantage because I wasn't on the clock. There weren't five picks gone. Burks end up going, I'm pulling it up super quick here. He ended up going four, which would have mean would have meant that I would have had Garrett Wilson there, who was my fourth player. I didn't think there's any chance Wilson would have got the six, and he ended up being the sixth pick. So Without my knowing, I traded away Wilson in this deal because that's who I would have taken at six. And that stings a little bit, you know, I mean, so uh, that doesn't mean I would rather have Wilson than Jones, but I wish I would have known Wilson was on the clock and maybe I would have been smarter to wait until the six pick was actually up. But what if it had been Burks and I wouldn't have been as happy, you know? So I was very happy with that deal. And then very quickly, the next day, I was able to trade Gibson for 1.08. And I threw in a fourth this year, and he threw in Odell Beckham, which he kind of looked at as just a throw-in guy. I looked at him as, these are 25-man rosters. I don't need Odell forever, but if I get two good or a year and a half out of him for the next two years or two and a half years out of Odell, he's still a fantasy starter. So guys like him... You can pick up really cheap right now because everyone just looks at him like he's old and injured. So he was not just a throw-in for me. So in the end, I turned Gibson into Jones by moving from 1-6 to 1-8, picked up a future third and Odell in the process, and I'd rather have Jones than Gibson. So I mentioned the top six. You know, again, I would have got Wilson at six. That I would have ran to the podium and made that pick. I didn't have that option because I, I was sitting at eight. I Go got ahead. to interrupt you there because uh, as you were explaining that, I had to ask you about the Garrett Wilson thing and, and pick six. So this was a trade that happened earlier. Do you think you would have still been able to do the trade if Burks was there at six instead of Wilson? If you did wait till right. you were on the clock, and would you have still pulled the trigger on the deal if you did wait and Wilson was there? I have no regrets because I would have pulled the trigger no matter what. I wanted Aaron Jones that bad. But I, my, my only regret would have been with Wilson sitting there at six, maybe I would have gotten more for one six. You know what I mean? Maybe there have been three people calling me, you know, instead of one. And maybe I could have got more. But not knowing who was going to be the picks, it didn't break my heart. And I basically knew once um, Wilson went off the board at six and I'm sitting there at eight, unlike everybody else, I had Chris Olave outside my top eight, if you listened the other day. And, of course, he went seven. So I got my eighth player at eight. Or I got my seventh player, Sky Moore, at eight. So I could have ended up with, you know, Wilson instead of Sky. But to me, moving Gibson into Jones and picking up Odell in a future third was more than worth all that. That is the dynasty maneuvering of one Matt Williamson. And I like that. And I like that you're in an active lead where you can pull off multiple trades like that, you know, while, 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 while kind of going through the draft while the first round mm -hmm. was happening. That's really interesting. Um, and Brees Hall went 1.1, .1, I assume. Where did the second running back go? 
Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll run through the, the what happened in the first round. Chalkier than I thought, and they were actually the same as my rankings. Hall 1, Walker 2, which if you remember on Friday, I thought, maybe I'll get Walker at 6. So when he went 2, I was really anxious to trade out of 6. London at 3, fine. Uh, Burks at 4, as I mentioned. Your boy Jamison Williams at 5. Wilson at 6. Alave at 7. I took Sky Moore at 8. And right now we're 14 picks in. I pick again in like four or five spots. But the rest of the first round after I took more went Christian Watson at nine, which I thought was early. He's my 12th ranked guy. Uh, Pickens, who I thought I was high on, he went 10. Mm. Um, James Cook went 11. Dotson went 12. Damian Pierce went 13. And then about 15 minutes ago, Zamir White went the 15th pick overall. So it goes pretty quick. And I didn't, I'm not going to tell you, you know, how outside my top 10 were ranked, but that's who's gone so far through the first 14 picks. All right. We'll see how close that was to Matt Williamson's rankings. Real quick, I'll run through the top 10 and then we'll come back and hit number 11, see how far we go in Matt Williamson's 2022 rookie dynasty rankings. This is how Matt had the top 10 ranked out on Friday's podcast. Number one, running back Brees Hall from the Jets, Kenneth Walker running back at two. From Seattle, uh, Drake London, then Garrett Wilson, then Traylon Burks, then Jamison Williams is how he had three through six with those wide receivers. Then a little tear break, then Sky Moore at seven, James Cook at eight, George Pickens nine, Chris Olave ten. So that is how Matt Williamson ranks the top ten dynasty rookies in 2022. We'll start at 11 next. But you know what, Matt? Let's talk a little bit first about... Where are we at here? There we go. That's the button I want to press. I want, I want, I want the <laughs> folks to see my face when I talk about Bet Online, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores every single day, fights, uh, even next year's NFL season. We've got a ton of NFL futures there. You can bet on some of these rookies who will be rookie of the year, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, coach of the year, who will play in Super Bowl 57. Which division will represent in Super Bowl 57? Tons of NFL futures at Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So head over to Bet Online today to use your mobile device or your desktop to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen today. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today, a brand new offering from the Locked On NFL Network. Doing big things here, tons to do on the network. Your team is always covered, whether it's Locked On 49ers that I also host, Locked On Dynasty Football that Matt Williamson hosts. We're, we're dipping our toes into the Dynasty world today. You can find tons of uh, stuff uh, for whatever team you follow, whatever league you follow here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So, Matt, now that we've got the top 10 in the books, where are you at with number 11 on those rankings? And feel free to let me know where your tier breaks are here. Was there a tier break? I believe you said that for you, Chris Olave is one of the big surprises that you have him all the way down at 10. And I think that's lower than a lot of folks have the Saints first round wide receiver. Then you have Jahan Dotson here leading off today at number 11. And if I'm not mistaken, you said those guys do belong in the same tier for you. Yeah, I think they're very close. And so, uh, I mean, 
in this league, Dotson went 12, and I thought, boy, that's that's a nice pickup, even though he's 11 for me. Because after that, I start to have a lot of questions about players. Like, I'm not saying Dotson's going to blow up, but I, I think he's going to have a really good career. You know, and a lot of people compared him to Deontay Johnson. I see that. I don't think his situation's particularly poor. And what if they can't get something done with McLaurin? And Dotson has a nice rookie year. He might be the one one year from now. Could you say the same about Alave in in New mm. Orleans? You know, depending on what happens with Michael Thomas, if he even comes back, if he's even the same guy, or do you see him as more of a second fiddle, a pure, you know, one dimensional number two wide receiver in that Saints offense? Not to take back what I said, but I see both of these guys as as number twos in the next league, in the next level. To be honest with you, good number twos. You know, I mean, uh, a more prototypical big bodied guy usually is the one. Is how I looked at both of them coming out of school. So. Uh, I don't know that either one is going to be a you know 120 target guy or you know 150 target guy. Is there a tier break after Jahan Dotson and before your number 12 ranked player wide receiver Christian Watson from the Packers? Yeah, I, I suppose because I don't put Watson at the same level as Olave or Dotson, I wouldn't want to be stuck at 12 and have to take Watson there. But I also think he's noticeably better than the guys behind him, so maybe he's in his own tier. Here's my worry with Watson. I'm curious if you if you can see this. Okay. Is he he drops a lot of balls, which frankly isn't that big a deal in the scouting world. That means you're getting a lot of targets, but you know his ball skills aren't great. He's coming from a small school. He is a size speed prospect that's very impressive in that level. But I could see Rodgers being frustrated with him. You know, like he's not a route runner. He's not a timing. He's not his P's and Q's aren't going to be perfect for a while. And I could see, you know, Rodgers throwing to Amari Rodgers and Cobb and, you know, guys he knows. And people forget how long it took for Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers to become what they were. That wasn't like a rookie year thing for Devontae Adams. It, It takes some time in the NFL, first of all. It takes some time in that style of offense with a lot of verbiage. And it takes time to probably earn the trust of someone like Aaron Rodgers. And the talent's all there. One part of the the small school thing, I think Christian Watson really helped himself by going to the Senior Bowl and dominating Mm -hmm. there and being the best wide receiver there. I think that really helped him, and that secured him into the high round two range instead of the high round three range as a prospect, even though, you know, if it was just the combine, didn't have the senior bowl, it'd be like, okay, he's got all this athleticism, but it wasn't a high volume offense in college. And, um, you know, and there's still some raw to his game. But when he went to the senior bowl and did what he did there in front of all the coaches in the whole league, I think that's what really helped him and, sure. and, and erase some of the worries for me about the small school stuff. But I'm with you. He still doesn't look like a guy who's ready to jump in and be Aaron Rodgers number one, or maybe not his number two uh, in year one. So, but he does have all the talent in the world. If he does become that in year two and three, then look out. Yeah, right. But is Rogers going to be there in year three? Right. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> so I like him. I mean, I, but he's a stash type of dude for me. Like, I'm much rather start Olave or Dotson in week one than Christian Watson. Very much boomer bust. Very much wait and see on Christian Watson. It'll be interesting to see how that career goes. Here's an interesting one for me and probably a player that's easier to get in redraft leagues that will be targeted by me in most of my leagues. And that is uh, running back. Damian Pierce, you have him at number 13, your fourth running back on the list. Yeah, and he ended up going 13 in this draft, which I wasn't thrilled about. I actually have the sixth pick and the eighth pick in the second round, and you'll quickly realize I'm not thrilled to be shopping in that neighborhood for this league I mentioned. You would think a guy like Pierce could possibly get there, but the reality is this just kind of shows how bad this class is. 
a prospect like Pierce usually is a mid to late second rounder, you know, and in this one, he's going really early in round two. And I think he'll be the lead guy for the Texans. And people don't realize just how I heard some amazing stats and I don't have the stats in front of me here. Just how amazingly bad they were running the ball on first down. And, you know, boy, Mills is always in second and nine, third and eight. You know, that's so hard on them. And people wonder why they draft green so high in the first round and then a power back. Well, they need to get five yards on first down once in a while. I mean, things like that they were really <laughs> bad at. And I think Pierce is perfect for that. I remember seeing those numbers, too. It was amazing, amazing. how many second and longs the, the Texans offense faced. Pretty much all of them. Yeah. It was just automatic. All, all of them. Long. Right, right. And I don't believe they're related, but Alec Pierce comes in 14 for you here, wide receiver yeah. from the Colts. He, he went a little bit higher than I expected, and I don't know if there's enough I don't know if there's enough targets for him in that offense in a run-heavy offense. So Alec Pierce is someone I might be fading a little bit, especially okay. early in in you know dynasty and in fantasy leagues. Maybe you take a flyer on him later to see what he is, but I think he's going to be a small portion of an already small piece of pie that wide receiver targets going to be in that offense. I see what you're saying. Um, I think I'm higher on the prospect than you are, and. The more I think about it, Alec Pierce and Christian Watson, to me, are very similar as prospects. I mean, they're long speed, big body, downfield guys. I think Pierce is a little more physical. Watson's a little more um, gifted, you know, a little more explosive. A little looser. I think, yeah. yeah, a little looser. That's a good word. And I just think there's a pretty good path here for him, though. I mean, I don't know if he'll be the number two in day one. But I look at Paris Campbell and if they bring back T.Y. Hilton and think that's not much to get past. So I like the landing spot. One thing you could have, too, in a pass heavy offense there. And I mean, in a um, play action, a play action heavy offense is what I meant. You know, he is that vertical guy could get down the field for you and he could be a weapon right away in the red zone, too. So maybe he vultures a few touchdowns away from Michael Pittman and and, you know, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And again, most drafts, I don't think Alex Pierce is the 14th best rookie. I mean, usually there's, you know, just look at the last five draft classes. I bet Pierce would be the 10th to 14th best receiver in those class, let alone, you know, 14th best prospect overall. A run on running backs next in your rankings. Four straight running backs between 15 and 18. Zamir White, 15. Isaiah Spiller, 16, Rashad White, 17, and Brian Robinson, 18. Before we go any further, is Brian Robinson, and you know, I don't want to put this out there for your league mates that might be listening to this podcast if you haven't gotten there yet, but I know you have a couple of picks coming up. Is Brian Robinson potentially going to be one of those if you think he could take over for the guy you just traded away in Gibson? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, if I had to bet who I'll take at 2-6, it probably will be Robinson, you know, and Again, this class isn't super strong. I'll probably should stop saying that. But I've also really warmed up to the idea in this neighborhood of dynasty drafts, early third, mid to late second, give me the mid-round running back that teams probably had a third-round grade on that they took in the fifth round. I'm just speaking very generically. And there's only one running back basically in front of them. You know, like Khalil Herbert last year was like a late third rookie draft. Well, his his value shot up tremendously in a year, and he still has a good guy ahead of him. So there's it's real easy to picture all those guys you mentioned, even if they're only the two a year from now, they put some good tape together, 
The guy ahead of them's a year older. And you can really understand why their value would be going up. That's a big thing Ryan and I talk about on Locked on Dynasty a lot is paint the picture in your head one year from now what these players' value will be. Even if they're not great or not terrible, just do what you kind of expect. And, you know, Zamir White's a perfect example in that Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option was not picked up. Drake is a free agent after the year. But my concern is is McDaniels going to be a Patriot five-man committee in the backfield guy? Yeah, that is a little bit worrisome. Right. Um, and, and you look at these, and I'm sure that's why Damian Pierce was higher, because of the prospect and because of the path right. and, and potentially being you know a, a heavy usage guy. And you look at maybe Isaiah Spiller, who can give you that third down value. You look at Rashad White, they could give you some some every down value. It, it was, I'm sure, really hard. What, what were the separators to put him in this order of these four specifically of White, Spiller, Rashad White, and then Robinson? Yeah, um, and, and I'm not super firm on that. I, I think Zamir is probably the most talented of the group. I mean, four-star recruit, you can see, you know, he was in a committee in Georgia, but I think he is the most ability and maybe the highest ceiling. I was really hard on Isaiah Spiller in the draft process, non-fantasy, because people talked about him in the same class as the top two backs early on in the process, and I never saw that. But I think some of that hate can go a little too far, and Chargers are a good team. Is Eckler going to be a you know a volume monster for the next three years? Probably not. I mean, they've been looking forever for more of a pounder to compliment him, the Justin Jackson. Every year they use a, a pick on a guy. I think they probably found him. Um, White is, I think the landing spot's perfect because he's a much better receiver than Fournette, who still catches, what, 50 passes a a year from Brady. But my worry is when White takes over next year as a passing down back plus, because he's 220 or 215. I mean, he's not uh, James White. Will Brady still be there, though? (laughs) You know, like I want the guy catching all the Brady passes, but not if Brady's in the Fox booth. But if Brady's not there, does that mean they're going to lean on the run game even more? So maybe that maybe, still makes right, him right, right, right. very valuable. There's just not a lot in his way. You know, four yeah. nets in front of him. I don't think he's much of a, a, a stumbling block for the next year or two. And we kind of talked on the Washington situation. I think Robinson's a quality back that if Gibson falls out of favor – could be the coach's best friend. He's one of those type of guys coaches love. Yeah, and I like Rashad White, too, because the, the path is clear. You don't have to take him very mm-hmm. high. And um, they're obviously – and they they already tried to do this a couple years ago. Like, they're trying to find the next guy after. Like, they're clearly trying to move on from Fournette very soon. Yeah, right. I mean, he's a rental. He's he's a fine player, but he's not going to be in the league to, you know much longer. He's not going to be fantasy relevant for the next couple of years. After that run of running backs now puts us at 19. So we'll see how far we can go. I think we could probably get to number 30 overall and then maybe highlight some some later round picks for those folks that are looking for some deep dynasty rookie selections in their fourth and fifth rounds of their rookie dynasty drafts. More rookie dynasty rankings by Matt Williamson coming up. But let's talk first about rockauto.com. You know what it's like to go looking for auto parts and you go to the big store and you go to the counter and you ask them for something and you're paying God knows what for God knows what part, right? <laughs> uh, some 30%, 50%, 100% upcharge for the same parts 
from a, a chain store or a car dealership that you could find yourself at rockauto.com and have a nearly unlimited supply. I think the the inventory they have at rockauto.com is absurd. And if you're wondering if they have what you're looking for for your car, yeah, they do. Go to rockauto.com right now and search for it, and you'll be blown away by what they have in stock. And uh, at a lot cheaper price, for example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump costs $350 plus from a chain store, only $216 at rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business, been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer, professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. They have everything you need, tail lamps and, and brake parts and small parts and big parts and wiper blades. And uh, So as far as you want to go with fixing up your vehicle, you can find those parts at rockauto.com. And go there right now, rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We are on to number 19 in Matt's 2022 Rookie Dynasty rankings, and that is John Mechie, wide receiver. Uh, Right after him, Wandale Robinson, another wide receiver. And they're about 10 spots lower, even though they went higher in the same round as some other wide receivers like Alec uh, Pierce and especially George Pickens and Sky Moore. These guys were tough for me. Mechie, I think, is a high-quality player. I I think he's a better football player than given credit for, but he does have the injury. What do you think of the landing spot in Houston for Mechie? Like, I think Nico Collins and Cooks probably are the starters and Mechie's the three, but maybe he could go past Nico in a year from now. I think Mills is serviceable. We kind of talked about their short yardage stuff and their running game. So I don't think it's a bad landing spot. I would say this, and it depends on how your league is structured, but I would mm-hmm. almost start putting like the 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 – the, the next tier of whatever uh, quarterback, we haven't seen any quarterbacks yet, or right. tight end, right? Trey McBride, we haven't talked about yet. It's down there on your list a little bit still. Bad I would probably, year for those positions. Yeah, though. not even if it's not a great year for those positions, I might. This is where I'd probably start to sneak them in after mm-hmm. the running backs, where I don't know if there's a clear path for them because John Mechie is coming off an injury, so I don't know what his immediate impact is going to be, and I don't know if there's a lot of upside there in with either him as a prospect or that offense in total. So you might have a a nice solid number two wide receiver for a long time in the NFL, but how valuable will that be for your fantasy team to win games? So John Mechie probably won't be on any of my fantasy leagues. I hear you. And I think Wondell Robinson has some of that as well, unless he becomes Cole Beasley for the giants where he's catching a ton of passes, you know, short game, uh, and Tony disappears, which he could. Well, that's the big then, one here, right? Is you yeah. just drafted a guy with a similar skill set to Gatarius Tony. Are you going to use them together? Who's going to get those touches? And right. Is there enough of those slot gadgety touches for both of those players? So it's still a question for me of the early usage for Wandale Robinson and how much is he going to be featured? Is he going to get pumped the ball enough to have that big value? So he worries me a little bit with Kadarius Tony there or even after Kadarius Tony is gone. So I don't even know what to expect about either one of those guys. Right. I mean, I do think Shepard and Galladay won't be Giants next year. So I think that's why Robinson was taken. But what you have to think about, to your point about Mechie, is, again, it's something we talk about on the podcast, is can I envision him being one of the top 36 fantasy receivers? You know, am I going to check that box Sunday morning and make him a starter? What has to happen for me to do that on Mechie or Robinson? Mm -hmm. 
That's hard. I, I mean, really I, hard. I have a hard time writing that story. I was a creative writing major in college. And if I wrote that story and turned it in, then I think my professor would be like, I think you're pushing it here, bud. That brings us to your first quarterback, right? Uh, 22? Uh, Tyler Algiers in there, oh, too. Yep, missed him. And he probably should have got lumped with Spiller and White and all those guys. Um, I don't think Cordell Patterson can be a true workhorse. And I think Algier is a Michelob light version of Derrick Henry for that offense. And that might be good enough for a year or two. Right. And and they need, yeah, there, there's a path to play there, I think. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, he's not going to get a lot of carries in the fourth quarter when they're losing by 100, but he might be <laughs> there starting back by week eight. Right. And certainly by 2023. I would think. I mean, I don't think they're using a first-round pick on a running back next year, or, you know. What's the fantasy upside? A lot of wide receivers in Pittsburgh. Your first quarterback on the list here comes in at 22. Kenny Pickett for your Steelers. What is the fantasy upside for him? Kirk Cousins. You know, I mean, Kirk Cousins is in every league, and you could do okay with him if you're loaded elsewhere. And, you know, quality starting quarterback. I mean, I don't think he's going to be Burrow. You know, I've heard that comparison. It makes me chuckle a little. Um, You know, but... In terms of, I think he could be a borderline every week starting fantasy player. And he'll run for a little bit here and there. He's not a stiff. Cousins with a, with a, an extra scamper or two mixed in there. Maybe, maybe. Right, right. And, and then this next guy is your dude. I'm not sure exactly where to put him. I look, almost lumped him with the other running backs. I like him know. a lot better as a fantasy player than where the 49ers drafted him in, in real life as a, as a yeah. third-round player. I mean, this is what you do. Go into any draft any year. Go to Kyle Shanahan's depth chart and draft the second or third guy. Take the other guy. Yeah. That's where the value is. Every single year it happens uh, with Kyle Shanahan. I invested in Trey Sermon last year like crazy. Yeah. And I might as well just take those shares and tear them up and yeah, throw them in the fire. And, you know? and there was a lot of heat with him. And you know who the guy with the value was? It was the sixth rounder. It, it, was, the, it, right, was, the, right. it was the number three guy coming into the year or even the number four guy coming into the year in that offense. So, um, But if he yeah. hits like Elijah Mitchell and you get him for a late second, you're thrilled. Right. I just don't know about the fit for Ty Davis Price in the wide zone because he labored getting outside. He, that's not his game. He's an inside guy. Uh, yeah. I, I would have much liked, much rather seen him in, uh, you know, in Tennessee, and you hope that Derrick Henry gets hurt and he becomes that for you. you know, he, he gets those touches because unless the 49ers are really trying to force something, they've drafted three running backs and four guards the last two years in the draft. I know. So, it's a great I, point by I'm, you, and I, use, I, I, I steal it often and make it my own, to be honest with you, because I think it's such a good point by you that – this is like the best running team in the league and they're changing what they're doing. Why? You know, yeah. why are you drafting Banks and Davis Price when you're what you're doing is working great? So the question is, are they trying to fit square pegs into round holes or are they actually going to change their identity? We're going to see a lot more inside zone, a lot more power run game from the 49ers than the outside the stuff that's really been what's worked for them. Um, or is it just going to be a complete committee? But yeah. you know, Kyle Shanahan likes to run his running backs in the ground, so he's not as much of a committee guy. He finds his favorite guy, and if you're healthy, he's going to hand it to you. And he runs them into the ground, yeah. and they don't last long, and go get the next guy. And the next guy's all of a sudden right. his yeah, favorite right. guy. Uh, after that, we've got Malik Willis, and and we're we're talking long term here. Like Malik Willis, you could draft him in what? This is the last pick of round two in your dynasty league at twenty four right. overall, and he might not show up for three years. And people compare him to Lamar. But think of him more as Jalen Hurts. You know, like, Jalen Hurts is going to be, what, the fifth quarterback off the board this year in redraft? And he may not even be a starting quarterback in the league a year from now. But all Willis has to do is get a starting gig. And Tannehill's the only guy in front of him. So a year from now, 
if he's a starter in Tennessee, to my point about, you know, appreciating assets, you get this guy at the two, three turn, you could, fl- you could flip him for a first round pick the second he's named the starter. The next two are a couple that or I maybe would... he never starts again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Maybe he won't, uh, but maybe he'll be somebody that, that gets on the field too, while he's developing potentially. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if he does even that, in his rookie year, you can flip him for more than the 24th rookie pick. You know, mm-hmm. just seeing some flashes, put him on Sports Center once in a while, you know, 10 plays a game, yeah. his value will go up. The fact that they drafted a quarterback and knowing what Ryan Tannehill's contract looks like, yeah, there might be some. It, it, it's, it's worth, I would need him to fall a little bit, but it's, it's, it's definitely worth taking a swing, I think, on a, on a player that could be a, a massive fantasy producer. More so than a Ritter or a Corral. Maybe even Pickett. You know, I mean, I, I Pickett I know is going to start at least. But, I mean, if Willis hits, we know he's going to be great for fantasy in a Jalen Hurts-like fashion. Right. And, and what if that's year two for Malik Willis that he, he doesn't play a single snap in in, in year one? Then year two mm-hmm. he becomes the starter at some point. Well, he's already more valuable than Kenny Pickett at that point. Uh, immediately. And, right. and how, much, how many Clearly. times is he going to start Kenny Pickett as a rookie anyway? You hope none. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a guy I would probably move up to just ahead of John Mechie at around mm-hmm. that 19 area if I was, you know, kind of making a few changes. So my, these are great yeah, rankings, yeah. by the way. But uh, Jalen Tolbert with the Cowboys. And uh, depending on, you know, because there's – there's it, on paper it looks like there's a, it's a tough path, but I think he could get on the field early as a number three. And and we don't really know what Michael Gallup's post-injury is going to look like. Maybe he's even in there in the starting lineup early. And he's got a lot of talent. Um, you know, they're not afraid to chuck the ball in Dallas. So I like Jalen Tolbert, and I, I'd probably have him a little higher. Yeah, the more I think about it, that's why these ranks are fun. Like he would probably be in the Mechie Robinson tier, you know, that if I were on the clock and I had to take one of those three, I'd have a hard time. So maybe he should be up in that early twenties range. If he's the number two there, I mean, if, if he's a number three, I mean, James Washington isn't much to beat out. He could beat out James Washington while Gallup recovers. Then all of a sudden his stock went up a lot. Not a great, Tight end class, Matt. You've got the first tight no. end all the way down at number 26. Not even a single tight end in your top 25 dynasty rookies here. I might put Trey McBride a little higher, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like the overall thing. It's like, look, mm-hmm. I might put him up there and draft him ahead of Mechie. If I was in that spot, there's probably a spot you don't want to be drafting in. And um, I, I don't, doesn't have a clear path to play right away, but could he be a target hog player down the road, you know, in Arizona? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, again, I like the player. Um, I wish Ertz wasn't there, but I think the draft pick implies they'll probably play more 12 personnel than they did, but he's not special. And Ertz is on a one-year deal, right? Yeah, he's year-to-year. So you, know. He's, you know, he's the 2023 starter. Probably, probably. probably. And that could be valuable. Yeah, could be. I, 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 yeah, you know, I'd I bump him up there. I'd bump him up ahead of Mechie, too. Do you take him over like Pickett and Willis? Yeah, well, probably depending on the format. If I felt good at mm-hmm. quarterback, yeah, I, I might. Um, my current dynasty league, though, I would not because I would. It's a two quarterback league, so I'd, oh, yeah, I'd be yeah. swinging for a future quarterback. And I already have. Uh, I have. Who do I have? I had Kittle, but he got stolen from me. This is. I'm talking about the uh, locked on dynasty league yeah, the way yeah, that yeah matt williamson i think is going to take over an orphan at some point this offseason. I, i'm interested we haven't made those decisions yet but that'll be a league we'll reference a lot if that does happen um uh, let's go through the rest of these careful here. what you wish for <laughs> well the problem is there's one team that's open right now but it was already one of the better teams in the league so i don't want i want williamson to start with nothing 
hand me over, hand it over. She was the magic <laughs> I can do. We should probably buzz through these last yeah. guys pretty quick because I mean, it's not a lot of third round, fourth round dynasty picks no. are are huge hits. Right. But I'll so, never forget. I mean, the first dynasty rookie draft I ever did. With my last pick, it was like 4.05. I took Russell Wilson. That worked out. No, that worked out pretty darn good. Why you don't uh, want me in my league? After Trey McBride, 27 is David Bell, wide receiver. Then you got Keontae Ingram, the running back, at 28. Hassan Haskins, running back, at 29. Wide receiver Khalil Shakir, who interests me, at number 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then your first undrafted player shows up here, Justin Ross, wide receiver, at 31. Jelani Woods, tight end, who's intriguing, at 32. So you're just throwing darts at this point in the draft, right? right. 33, you know, uh, Tyquan Thornton, 4-2 speed, was drafted high, so clearly... They like him. Will he be used enough? And look, um, we saw what it looked like in Alabama's offense with a quarterback who's, you know, maybe not. I would say Mac Jones isn't given credit for how good of a deep ball thrower he is, even though he's not like a power 100%. arm guy, kind of like a Kirk Cousins style where like he gets, he throws a nice little rainbow. And look, if Tyquan Thornton's getting deep over the top, he might be able to hit him a few times. Yeah, I mean, they like him. I mean, that's step number one. A um, couple things here. Again, Justin Ross is in a great situation. He's undrafted. He's a chief, if people don't realize. It, it was all medical that kept him from getting picked. So if he can last in the league for one contract or whatever and is more talented than Juju and Valdez-Scantling, he could he could surprise. Shakir's just in such a crowded spot. I just liked him a lot coming out. Um, Bell, for the Browns, I assume he's going to be the day one slot. And maybe he's not fast, but... We fall for this every year. The guy that, boy, he didn't run a very good 40, but then he catches 80 balls, you know, like, so there's value there, but not a high ceiling. And Ingram and Haskins to me are just the perfect banking on Derrick Henry and especially James Conner not to play 17 games. I mean, those are clear versions of the starter. I mean, they're handcuffs. Couple other to note here if you're wondering where Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral show up, it's uh, right after this at 35 and 36 overall. And let's see, what else do we and have? There's a lot of dart throws. Yeah, a lot know. of dart throws. Valus Jones at 40. He could he could see a lot of snaps for that Chicago Bears offense just because there's not a lot of competition mm-hmm. there. And if if you have return yards involved, maybe Valus Jones is is worth a, a look late in your fantasy. He's draft. my age, but that's okay. Yeah, that's true. And uh let's see. <laughs> How about running back Ty Chandler, 39, and maybe I don't like the I don't like that he went to the Patriots, but Pierre Strong running back at forty four would have been someone if he went to one of those outside zone Shanahan run games. I would have been all about him late in my dynasty drafts, but I don't know about him as a Patriot. Yeah, I wish your Niners took Strong in the fifth round and didn't take Lord Tyrion in the third. Exactly, you know? but exactly. I like the player and Ty Chandler. What if Madison's not there next year? You know, I mean, there's not a, t- a terrible path. It looks bad now, but I like the player too. Tyler Beatty, he's down here in the 50s for you. He could give a team, you know, a sneaky running back out Possibly. of the field, P- backfield yeah. PPR sort of value. He, he'd be the type of player I'd be targeting late in my dynasty drafts, round five, yeah. round four or five. I don't hate Kate Otten and Greg Dolchich either. You know, I mean, they could be someday a top 15 dynasty tight end. You know, I mean, Gronk's not going to play forever. Albert O's fine, but he's not great. You know, I mean, it's okay. Kyle Phillips, another one, you know, he, he could be the next yeah, slot guy yeah. that, that gets a hundred targets a year. You might be right. You might be right. I mean, maybe he should go a little higher on this list of him, but you know, I mean, it, it, again, a lot of these guys, it's hard to squint to how do I hit the box on Saturday, Sunday morning to start them. That's what I kind of liked about 
Hassan Haskins and Keontae Ingram. Because if Connor's hurt, Ingram's a starter. If if Henry's hurt, they're probably both twenty, you know, top twenty four backs. And the guys ahead of them, I don't trust to stay healthy. Right. No, that's a great point. Fantastic stuff. That is Matt Williamson's 2022 Dynasty Rankings. If you don't like him, don't tag Real me. Quick, but quick, great benches don't win you anything. Oh, that's true. Yeah, That's a Dynasty thing you can fall into. Like, look how loaded my team is and deep. And, like, yeah, you only start two backs a week. And oh. If you don't have more points than the guy you play against, it doesn't matter what your fifth running back's like. You we know? could do an entire podcast on this, but that's why I always go stars and scrubs with my fantasy teams because I don't want any decisions on Sunday morning. I want the guy, if yeah, you're healthy, right. I'm checking the box. You are starting, period. I don't want, I don't like those decisions. I, I hear you. That's a great way of looking at it. If you're mad about these rankings, find Matt at Williamson NFL on Twitter. We'll be back tomorrow. We're talking NFL power rankings. We're going to do it by conference, AFC and NFC, the next couple of episodes. Talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.